G'day, my name is Chris Anderson and welcome to the Ando & Co podcast. Today I'm super excited to be sitting down with Michael Lucas from East Rugby Union. And uh, Michael, what can you tell us about yourself? Oh mate, firstly thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's great to be involved uh, with the podcast. I have heard about the podcast so it's exciting that you're, uh, that you're underway and you're doing this and communicating with the local community around, around different issues. So. Uh, I suppose, mate, in a nutshell for me, currently General Manager at East Rugby Union Club. I've been based locally for the majority of my life, having, uh, having been, uh, been uh, based down or living, growing up in, uh, in Chandler and then uh, going to school at uh, St. Martin's and followed by Villanova. And, uh, and being at East, I've obviously got a lot of connections through Villanova there because half of Villanova seems to find their way to East at some point in their life. Um, for me, um, I suppose what I, what I love about being involved at a rugby club like East is the connection that I have to the local community and that this club has with the local community. And there's um, the people involved in this club, you see it uh, certainly from my time as a junior player here now we're starting to see people uh, of my age and, um, and younger and older start bringing their children through the club and, uh, and it's the same guys that I played with or guys and girls that I played with uh, 30 years ago as juniors have now got kids here. So, so that's, what's, uh, that's what's really pleasing and I think a great reflection on the club down here is that, uh, is that people come back and families come back and families want to engage with us. Absolutely. And I understand it's the 75th year this year for the club. What does that mean for you? Oh, for, look, for me, it probably, um, to be fair, it, it's a huge thing for me because it represents such a, a point in the club's history. To be honest, it probably means even more to a lot of guys that have been involved at the club even longer than me. And, and I know there's lots of people within our community that... Um, that have been involved with East uh, from its inception and certainly for, for 50 plus years that, um, that the 75th year of the club, I mean, it's a real tick in the box to the longevity of the club and the fact that what we've got here and what people have built here over time has stood the test of time and it's a place that people want to engage in uh, at, at 75 years. I think it's also a great opportunity for us to remember the history of the club and, and we've, we've got some exciting things in place this year. Mo uh, major events on the 22nd of April we're holding our season launch um, which we started last year and it was a great success this year. It's great and we're already looking uh, like we'll have over 300 people attending which is fantastic. Uh, the big ticket items celebrating our community and our, and our 75th year this year is, um, is the uh, 75th dinner. Mm -hmm. which is on the 23rd of July, Brisbane um, Exhibition Centre. Uh, we're looking to make that one of the great events that the club's ever hosted and a real celebration of 75 years. So, so look, the, the events are going to be fantastic, but just throughout the year there'll be celebration. You'll see from the club um, promotion regarding our history and regular features on the history of the club, different stories around different people at the club, Brett Scotts, Dennis Owens, uh, the Bremner family, staunch East families that um, that have really played such a pivotal role in the history of the club, and and 
And if we do anything this year, we want to capture those historical moments from the last 75 years. And we want to be able to look back at the end of the year and have a catalogue of work that's really celebrated a, a milestone year in the club. Awesome. And just thinking about that dinner, who can attend that? How does that all work? It's open to anyone. Obviously, uh, people that have been involved in the club um, are going to be the ones that naturally want to gravitate towards an event like that, I would imagine. But we certainly... Uh, we, uh, the beauty of East is we'll, uh, we'll welcome anyone. So if there's people that want to be engaged that might have been detached from the club for a while, people that have been living overseas, uh, people that uh, found themselves living on the other side of town, they might even have kids playing at different clubs. We'd love to get them back. And, and that's the whole, um, the whole theme of that night is really reconnecting everybody to celebrate a great year in the club. We'll have um, all the promotion uh, around that event will kick off in about three weeks time mm-hmm. with tickets opening and, 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 and what have you and uh, and we'll be promoting the event, the people that'll be there and, and the night itself. We're looking to make that a, a great night for the club. Awesome. And what are the, some of the stories that stand out for you covering that 75 year history or even while you've been involved with the club? Yeah. Oh, oh, look, I think um, I th- there's a thousand stories around this club of people that have been involved with this club and there's as i as i mentioned earlier so many people that have been involved in this club i've been involved in this club in one way shape or form player coach employee um since 1988 Mm -hmm. and there's people that go back much further than that who are who are still kicking around in this um who are still kicking around the club now and supporting the club on a weekly basis. So um, I suppose the, the, the big stories, the most recent story for me is the, the, year, the 2020 year with everything we faced with COVID. For the club to win um, six premierships that year was just fantastic. A real good example of people, I suppose, pulling together in less than ideal circumstances and, and everyone was feeling that in one way, shape or form, whether it be family, work or, or, or sport. I mean, community sport was certainly um, affected greatly that year. So so the six from six year, that, that was a fantastic story. But, but more so, I suppose, in my time, more recently at the club, just that the growth of our junior program has been fantastic. So we are looking as though we'll be somewhere around the uh, 1100 junior rugby participants this year. So it's fantastic that our junior families keep engaging in the club and, and, and we're, we wanna create an environment where people feel they can come down here, their kids have fun. We create an environment where they can socialize with local people all based in our community. And, and when they come down here, it, it's, it's relaxed and it's easy. And, that, and that's the, the that's what we're trying to create. So, so the growth of our juniors is six from six, and then um, you know other great stories in our history uh, around um, around grand final victories. So we'll be it's twenty five years this year since our first premiership as a club. So, so to be able to combine that milestone with our seventy five years, it's um, and we've still got great people involved. Pete Murdoch, who was captain of that team, he's on the board currently at the club. We've got Andrew Scottney has a son who plays at the club. Graham Holt's son's just started playing Colts at the club. Uh, we've got um, Jeremy Paul, who was the hooker that day, went on to play for Australia. He's the guest speaker at our launch on the 22nd of April. So 
I know uh, Ross West plays in the centres. He was he's organised the table, and um, and Tony McGarn's involved with our first grade, who also played that day. So you know, and, that, and I'm probably forgetting a couple of guys, but there's there's so many guys that um, you know it's a big year for them, and that's probably one of the great stories that'll come from this year is just remembering our first senior club premiership and and uh, and what a special occasion that was for the club. And so when you say first senior club premiership, that's any grade or is that premier? First grade, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah first yeah. grade premiership. So, um, so the clubs, um, we've won, we've won plenty of premierships uh, across our time. We've certainly, um, there, but there's no, I suppose, secrets probably lean times up until 1997 as far as we got close. Yep. On a few occasions, but 1997 when um, when we won the premiership, that was that was certainly the. Um, that was a great day. That was against a, uh, a pretty strong South team too from memory. So the boys did really well. Awesome. And just walk me through, so 2020, you've got six teams in the finals. How does it feel around the club leading up to that day and then on the day? Yeah, it's, it, was, it was huge. So it was probably the biggest because those teams all played finals to, to qualify for the grand final, obviously. So... The week or two leading into the grand final was was unbelievable as well because every every week we had six teams. So in club rugby, if you don't make the finals, you stop training. So in a normal year, our our goal at a club, uh, as a club, I should say, um, is to have eight to ten teams qualify for finals every year across the senior program. We'll have about twelve to thirteen teams this year. Um, if we can get a minimum of eight teams into finals, we feel like we're tracking well. So so that year, I think from memory, we had 10 or 11 of our teams play finals. Awesome. And the feeling at the club, when, when you're playing, you know, when it's, uh, when you're in a position where all bets are off and if you lose, you go home, it just creates a real buzz around the club. And, and the, the weeks leading that grand final were huge, but then the grand final weekend itself, it, um, I mean, you probably don't um, you don't expect to win six. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah certainly. Like, it, it's it'd be tremendous, and you know, you'd love to think it'll happen. But I think you sort of there's so much luck that goes into green finals, and you know, the bounce of the ball, a decision here or there, and they're usually really tight contests. So there's factors that come into it that you. You can't control, which means the result may not go your way. And um, and for us that day, it was um, it was we had luck, mm-hmm. but we also had a lot of momentum build through that weekend. So I think we won our first one was maybe uh, Colts four on a Thursday night, and those boys beat a team that um, was on top. Mm-hmm. Um, had been on top of the ladder all year. They beat UQ out there and probably weren't expected to, and they did. Um, and then we had fifth grade and um, and third grade get up, and, and they did, like, you know, that really solid games. And then, so we're three from three after the first day, and everyone's come back to the club except for the guys obviously having to go the next day, um, first grade, second grade in our, in our women's team. But... Um, there was a bit of a buzz around the joint on a Saturday night because it was we've won three here, we got three tomorrow. We thought we were a really good show. 
in the women and first grade and second grade it could have gone either way um brothers had beaten us in the in the final to qualify mm. so and they'd beaten us in the last round of the season in second grade so we probably wouldn't have been considered favorites there but mate we play that and we we've smoked them by what 20 points or something and all of a sudden and and sorry even prior to that the women uh, Premier Women had won in the morning, snuck over the line against Jeeps. And so they're fourth and four, and then, then second grade one, and as I said, probably weren't expected to. And um, But they got up, and they got up well. They just absolutely brained it. And um, and then it was on, because it was five from five. And, <laughs> and then it was, and then my biggest concern moved from whether first grade were going to win to how many East blokes might get arrested on the hill and, and what the hell was going on up there that I was not going to have any ability to control and would potentially fill my inbox on Monday. And to be fair, you've probably got four teams all backing up from big nights who are all wanting to support that yeah, as well. Yeah, so. some blokes. Well, we had, we had a big function start here at, I'm going to say, about 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. We kicked off here with breakfast for everyone and... Um, and then buses and everything out to Ballymore, and we just had buses going on loop all day out to Ballymore for the different games. So there were definitely the guys who won the grand final the night or the day before just kept going. <laughs> so they, um, yeah, they they didn't stop. So they they were by Monday they were a little worse for wear. But mate, fair play to everyone involved in those grand finals. They they kept going for about a week, I reckon. So they were they were enjoying themselves put it that way ah good to hear and just thinking about that happening was that was that also the year that Benny Mullen came back to town yeah it was so we well we had Ben come back the year before so Ben came back at the end of 2019 yep um but he didn't get back until we we had to get him cleared from Poe who's playing in France at the time and his contract at Poe finishing and our season didn't line up enough for him to play sufficient games mm-hmm. to qualify for finals in 2019. Mm-hmm. And we, we ended up getting rolled out in the elimination in 2019 anyway. But um, So yeah, he, he came back and that was always on the cards for Ben to, to come back. It was probably about 18 months in the, mm-hmm. in the pipeline for him to come back in 2020. So... He was very keen to come back and play, and um, he was absolutely huge mm. for us that year. Yeah. So, just what he bought across the board was fantastic. Um, and it, yeah, you you bring a player of that caliber back into any first grade side, mm-hmm. and they're going to add tremendous value on and off the field. And is he somehow, or is some of that team a part of the junior development at this stage as well? Um, sorry, you're just referring to... So really anyone who's involved in any of those teams, are yeah. they somehow involved in In our junior rugby program? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So what we like to do, we like to get our first grade guys in particular down mm-hmm. and, uh, and give their time. So that, they'll come down on occasion through the junior season and help. Mm-hmm. We're always conscious that our first grade guys, they're not contracted to us. They no. pay registration fees yeah, and yeah. They, uh, they work full time or study full time or whatever whatever they're doing outside of rugby. So we're always conscious that yet, yeah, and they are extremely generous mm. in their time that they give turning up to support junior rugby. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we're forever thankful for the, for the guys we have. Um, ben directly is he's now employed here mm-hmm. um, as our first grade head coach, and he um, he's involved with our coach education program. He's running uh, the junior rugby camp that we have on at the moment. He'll run the next two over the July and uh, September school holidays. So, mm-hmm. so he's directly involved in um, in our junior program, and um, and he's and he's heavily invested in it because he's he's got kids that play at the club as well. So he, awesome. he gets it, you know. So he understands that our junior pathways it's a big beast. So mm-hmm. you know, a, a huge beast for only a couple of people to to really drive so so we rely heavily on volunteers mm-hmm. and we've got tremendous volunteers through our community with our parent group in particular who put their hand up some of the time that people give at this place to assist us is unbelievable mm-hmm. and um and and frankly we we don't function without our volunteers if we don't um we, we they're, they're really the lifeblood of what we do and allow us to do our work if it was just two or three people doing everything, an impossible job. And just thinking about the 1,100 people that are now involved in that junior program, how does that look compared to previous years in terms of that growth? Yeah, it's just been steady. So we've sort of, um, in 20, I'll just speak to my time yep. here. Um, but in 2019, we had about 960. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then 2020, we got up, we were 999 in 2020, mm-hmm. so just under 1,000. And then last year, we were up to 1,030. So we're just sort of picking up a few players here or there and, um, and a few new players. So we've had really strong growth through, particularly through our junior age groups. We've got a Tiger Cubs. So Tiger Cubs is an under three to five program. We've re-engineered that this year. And that's grown a lot based on that. We've got the Jungle Play Centre at Tingalpa as a major sponsor, and uh, of that program, and um, and we've just we've played with that program to um, to we think make it a better product than it was, and, and so we've seen great growth there. Probably a probably about a 40 percent growth in our under three to five market mm-hmm. or under four to five market, and um, and then our under sevens, eights, nines heap really 10s and 11s really good strength and then probably for us in juniors the challenge we face and every rugby club faces the same challenge is uh under 12s and up is traditionally when our teams drop back and Mm -hmm. and that's there's a there's a lot of factors involved in that i think primary factors are school rugby yeah and uh and also the fact that Kids just have a ridiculous amount, or families have such a ridiculous amount of commitments these days. Yeah. And I know myself with my kids, I'm here, but then when I'm not here, I'm running off to netball or I'm running off to uh, whatever other sport it might be, they tell you basketball or whatever it might be that my kids are doing. So um, it just, once they get to that under 12 and up, we do drop back in, in teams, but... Um, but we are happy with where we sit there. We, we've, we've sustained our numbers in age groups and grown. We haven't gone backwards. So, so that's been positive. And we're, we're continually working on what we can do to engage our kids through that period. Because what we find is we've got five under 20 teams. Mm-hmm. They come back. Yeah, exactly. So we get them back eventually. But, yep. um, we, uh, and we've worked super hard on our under 20 program. So, so it's great to have that engagement back in the club. 
and just thinking about the those people that come back, finish maybe their school rugby, they'd been playing at East or another club beforehand. What does it mean for those people coming back, sort of that under twenty age group, starting to make it in the workforce, building that community at East? What do you see as the benefits that the people have as being a part of the community? It, it's on their terms, I think. Yeah. So for us, having having five uh, Colts teams. You can play and you can commit to the level you want to commit to. Mm-hmm. So obviously our Colts one, that's our marquee. These are guys who are contracted professionally and you know looking to aspire to play a great level of rugby or happen to be very talented and are able to commit. Uh, but then if, if you go down to Colts 4, Colts 5, that's, that's guys that may go, you know what, I'm working my tail, I'm an apprentice, mm-hmm. I'm earning not a lot of cash and working big hours and... I just want to release. Yeah, yeah. So I think one of the things, and one of what we always say to the guys that are down here is, if you're down here, we want you to be down here with a smile on your face. We don't. Yeah. This is your break. Yeah, yeah. From what you actually do, whether it be study, whether it be work, and these kids, particularly young um, kids, first year out of school, the amount of, uh, I suppose. Not pressure, that's not the right word, but certainly <clears throat> for school leavers, you go from, as you know, mate, you, you finish school and you, you, you're more or less spoon-fed mm. everything you need to do, told where you need to be, what you need to wear, how you got to do it yep. effectively, and it's up to you how hard you want to work around that. Um, so you go out and you're in, the, you're in the big wide world and, you know, you got to... All of a sudden, you may have more bills to pay, you might, uh, you know, you might be working... 20 hours at the local shops or working full time and studying part time or whatever you might be doing and the it's it's an adjustment period for the guys so so we're just really keen to create an environment here where the kids can come down when they leave school and they can just enjoy themselves primarily no matter what level they're playing we want them here we want them to when they're here go I enjoy being here yeah because I don't have to think about anything else. I've just got to think about my mates yep. and playing rugby. Yep. And that's, I mean, one of our pillars, one of our catch cries, I suppose, is um, rugby first. So, mm-hmm. so I say to the boys, it's rugby first. You're here to play rugby. And as a benefit of playing good rugby and enjoying your rugby, there's a great social environment down here and there's a great opportunity for the boys to make new friends or boys and girls I should say yeah. to make new friends and um, and uh, and create I suppose relationships and friendships that go on forever I'm still yeah. mates with guys I played under sixes here yeah. under sevens here yeah yeah so they'll um, yeah they'll, they'll make friends mate and they'll enjoy themselves and that's that's our primary goal if they're happy we'll win if they're not happy, we won't. Simple as that. So, so obviously 2020 was a pretty happy year. <laughs> yes, mate. It was. Well, I think it was a great example of footy clubs or rugby clubs and what they provide to people in that people had a lot going on. We had people losing their jobs. We had people stood down for periods. Um, our people, people who couldn't see their families. All sorts of stuff going on. So coming here... Yeah, it was a it was a release mm. for people to be able to come here and just forget for a couple of hours on a, during a week of training or a couple of hours during your game. Mm. You, when you're playing a game of footy and your your heart rate's going nuts and you you're sweating it up and you're hurting, you don't think about the fact you don't 
have a job Monday at that point in time. Yeah. You know, you, you forget about it for a brief period. Yeah. And, um, and that's, I think, I think all clubs in Brisbane and, and all, all sporting clubs played a key role in allowing people when they could get their competitions up and running, mm-hmm. played a key role in allowing people to have that release from all the other noise that was happening at that period of our lives. And I sort of remember what it was like to, to start playing rugby and I'd, I'd sort of played hockey in the lead up to that and, and once I tried rugby, it was, there was no going back. Yeah. Um, what is it that parents typically talk about when their kids start playing footy and some of the benefits yeah. they see in the kids? Yeah, oh look, I think, <clears throat> I think the, the number one thing, sport in general is a great social connector and it's a great way for kids to build confidence and it's a great way for kids to meet. And the beauty of rugby clubs and, and other sporting clubs is that you're not just in your your school-based friendships. Mm-hmm. You can meet kids from other walks of life. You can meet kids that <clears throat> have more than you, have less than you, uh, have different relationships with different people. And it's a really good way for kids to, I think, connect with people outside the sphere of friends that they that they have and, and make some new friendships. I think, as I said, it's a great way for kids to build confidence. And I think sport's a great way for kids to understand the value of teamwork, the value of respect for your teammates, coaches, um, and people who volunteer their time. And it's also a good, uh, a community like ours where kids come down here, but then they see their parents socializing and talking to different families. It's just provides such a great opportunity for parents and families to come together and on a Friday night you've almost got your or, or a game day but certainly for us the junior Friday nights and and to a lesser extent the Wednesday nights with the older kids is that they that's your east time so that's mm-hmm. when you reconnect with your east people and but I think I think the values of confidence respect teamwork and enjoyment and having fun and understanding that you can play sport and you can have fun and you can enjoy yourself that's the key driver and that's where all junior footy they're not going to win a world cup in the next week so we're very much here based on yes we want our teams to succeed but more than anything we want our teams to enjoy their time and participate and be part of the game knowing that the result whilst important is for us as a club is not the be all and end all how our kids enjoy it and what they remember from their time here. That's what's important. Awesome. And obviously, <coughs> the 75th year this year, yep. a few events on. What are some of those key dates again? Uh, so the, the, the most pressing dates, 22nd of April, we've got our season launch. We've got very limited tickets available for that. But if you jump on our uh, website, um, www.easttigers.com, or, or uh, like us on Facebook and Instagram, you can um, you can still get tickets. We've probably got four tables left at this point, so before we reach capacity. Uh, and then the, the next big one, which uh, people will uh, be hearing a lot of, is the 23rd of July. That's our uh, 75th anniversary dinner at the Convention Centre. Awesome. And how many people could you potentially fit at that? We're looking to get 800. 
to wow. that. Yeah, so we're being ambitious with that target, yep. but you'd rather, uh, I'd much rather aim high and fall a little bit short than aim low and be mediocre. So we'll, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll go big on that. We'll, we'll do our very best to get a huge number to that lunch, uh, to that dinner, I should say. And, uh, and you know, that, that dinner's going to have great, uh, great guests. It'll have, there's a band booked. It's going to have a real community party atmosphere to it and, and a real celebration feel because that's what it is. It's a great celebration of our history and that's what we want that event to be. Awesome. And before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Uh, oh, mate, just... Um, I suppose from, from the club's point of view, we just want everyone in our community to know we're here and we want to see you. We want you to engage in the place. We've got, um, if you jump once again, you jump on the website, like us on social media. All our game day information's up there. We're playing Norths this weekend, but outside of that, the season starts on the 23rd of April and we'll have uh, we'll have eight huge home games this year and um, and we'd love to see our community involved. If you want to play rugby, please contact us. We'd love to get juniors and seniors down here. We still have uh, junior age groups with availability and um, and senior rugby, we've still got availability. So we'll, um, we'd love anyone in our community that's sort of been wondering or, or doesn't know anything about our club, we'd really welcome you down to, to engage in the club and, uh, and be part of a great community. And what if you're a bit old and broken? Is there an option for us? <laughs> we've got a veterans rugby program. <laughs> okay. So we, uh, yeah, over 35. So they play every second Friday night the guys so I'm uh, I'm more than happy if anyone wants to contact uh, contact the club I can put you in touch with uh, with Josh Stanbury a uh, Villa dad who um, who coordinates the program for us um, but we've we've got a good group of veterans that play veterans loose term some of these guys could probably still play at a fairly good level to be honest they're uh, they're far from past it um, and then we've if you're a bit more serious we can swing you into seventh grade and um, <laughs> Or sixth grade, but uh, that's not for me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time. And uh, I'm looking forward to a big year at East. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Cheers, Michael.